Welcome to the Mindset Transformation Podcast Show. I'm your host, Sue Guglieri. Each week, I will bring you new episodes on mindset, motivation, and application. Let's jump right in. Dealing with disappointment. Gosh, I think we can all agree. This year has been a suitcase of disappointments. And for me, on a personal level, I had to face several disappointments this year. So since um, losing my daughter, my husband and I decided that to ease the obvious absence of our late daughter not coming home for the Christmas period, we would go away for Christmas. And so for the past two years, we've been on cruising. Oh my gosh, who knew cruising was such an amazing way to see different parts of the world. It's absolutely brilliant. But (laughs) this episode is not about me promoting cruising. And so thanks to coronavirus, Corona, we've had to cancel our planned cruises. And yes, I'm not going to lie, I was disappointed, but I thought, that's fine, that's fine, we'll go somewhere else for Christmas. So we thought we'd book a holiday to Puerto Rico, spend time with um, our friends and family in America, and then meet up in Puerto Rico, and that also wasn't possible. And then I thought, okay, so we can't go America, can't go Puerto Rico, Our final place, surely, surely, (laughs) we can go to Italy. And Corona said, no, you can't. You can stay at home in South London. That's where you'll be having Christmas. And I was just like so annoyed. As a matter of fact, (laughs) the word that I really want to use starts with an F and ends with a C. But I'm trying to keep this podcast nice and clean. And so when it dawned on us that we had to scrap our plans for the Christmas, as I said, I was just so gutted, like literally the thought of us having to stay at home for Christmas, for me personally, was just completely unbearable. But after I calmed down my emotions, I took my emotions out of the driver's side, put her in the passenger side, and I started to look at the bigger picture. And I realized that my disappointment, whilst valid, was perhaps misplaced and not as bad as it could have been, given that the decision to cancel our holidays was completely outside of my control and there really was nothing I could do about it. And when I took that different approach and different attitude, I began to feel a lot better. I had learned to manage my expectations regarding the cancellation of my holiday. So let's look at a few things that can affect how we manage our disappointments and ways in which we can better cope with disappointments. And so, as I said, managing your expectations. Um, Someone once said, expectations is the root of all heartache. And that quote recognizes that when we experience disappointments, our hopes and expectations are out of line with reality. So 
going back to our holiday plans, the reality of it was that it was very, very unlikely that we were going to go on holiday this year, given the global pandemic. Uh, global pandemic. And so my expectations were completely out of reality. And we all feel this when we all feel this from time to time. Some of these disappointments will not make much of a difference. So us not going on holiday is not going to make that much of a difference to our lives. But there are some disappointments that can change the course of our lives completely. And given the convoluted nature of desire, the way the way some of these expectations are completely misplaced, that is what makes disappointment such a complex and confusing feeling. Many of our desires that we pursue are unconscious and frequently contradictory. And we may we may even become disappointed when we actually get what we want. And a really good example of this is um, Sigmund Freud. He um, did a paper on this that I found online. And he wrote this paper exploring the paradox of people who were wrecked by success. And he said, unconsciously, these people believe that their success was unjustified. So achieving it didn't feel satisfying to them. And in other cases, even when they did get what they wanted, they didn't think it was deserved. They may discover that what they wanted so badly didn't bring the expected bliss and happiness. So, for example, if like um, you're dating someone and now, you know, you've got married and then suddenly this is, you know, this is what you've wanted. You really, really wanted to get married. And then now you're married and you found out that actually the person that you married falls below the expectations that was presented during the course of your during the course of you dating. Or for example, you could have been promoted at work and it's something that you really, really, really wanted. And now you've got that top job and actually you feel like actually I don't deserve it or it's fallen be it's fallen below my expectations of what I expected or what I believed that role could have been. That's what Sigmund Freud is talking about in his paper. And when we're facing different types of disappointment, how we react and how we cope with our disappointment is a direct result of our developmental influences. Gosh, I can't get my words out there. And the way we handle it is related to our relationships with our parents and other early learning formative experiences. And some people seek Some people seek to avoid disappointments by turning into underachievers. And that is a result of how they were raised. Okay, they unconsciously set the bar so low and avoid taking risks to prevent themselves or others from being disappointed. So if you had like super, super pushy parents that either compared you constantly to a sibling that they believe was doing really, really well, then that can affect how you deal with disappointments going later on in your life. And you often and you often see that with sibling sibling rivalry. You know, if like you've got two siblings that are super competitive, really great in their chosen professions, 
and one actually ascends to the spotlight and they're super successful. The other sibling, just because perhaps how they were brought up, may feel that they're not worthy. And so what they tend to do is to set that bar for themselves and they become underachievers. And without realizing, without realizing it, they decided, they've decided rather that the best strategy for them is not to have any expectations about nothing. So they never, ever reach their full potential. And what happens is such behaviors turn into a form of self-preservation. They build a wall around them to try and protect themselves. And you often see that in relationships. If you've come out of a bad relationship and you've now gone into a new relationship, you start to carry all of that negativity and those disappointments that you experience into your new relationship. But then all that happens in those instances is that you lead a life of mediocre and you're never ever fulfilled. You never reach your full potential. And ironically, these people often turn into disappointments for everyone else, including themselves. So, you know, those in their world, perhaps they're looking at them and they're thinking, this person has so much potential. Like, I don't get it. Why are they not even trying? And with it, and the person that has set those low standards for themselves, they become disappointed in themselves because they sort of like, they know that they can do better. But because of a bad experience, because of their childhood, they've decided that the best way to protect themselves is to set that bar for themselves incredibly low. And then you've got others that follow a very different trajectory. They seek to avoid disappointment by becoming overachievers. Although they tell themselves that the expectation of perfection are appropriate and realistic, these assumptions turn out not to be true at all. Because what they do is they set the bar far too high to ever make whatever they want to achieve obtainable. And so by doing that, they forget that perfectionism rarely begets perfection or satisfaction. Instead, it too often leads to disappointment. So so they're saying to themselves that rather than being underachievers, rather than setting the bar so low, I am now going to aim as high as possible. And what happens is that they never fully reach their full potential because they never get going because they're looking for that perfection first. And perfection is impossible, you know? And then you've got the other group of individuals of which I hope that those of you listening after this episode, you will start to look at your disappointments in a different light. And those and that group of people have a more balanced outlook. They've had a more balanced developmental history. These people usually had parents who didn't try to be perfect. So oftentimes parents try to live out their dreams through their children. And they're the ones that they're the, that's the uh, that's the first group that I was referring to where they set the bar so low because you've got their parents comparing them or they're too pushy. Their parents are trying to live their dreams through their children. And what happens is that when you when your parents are just okay, you fall into you know a balanced developmental history. 
these par- these people usually had parents who didn't try to be perfect. They didn't expect their children to be perfect either. And thus by just being good, good enough was good for them. And their children are the ones that have a secure base. They feel secure in their relationship. They feel supported rather than controlled. And they're able to play, explore and learn and thereby acquiring the inner strength to cope constructively with the inevitable setbacks that will come their way in their journey of life. While it while it's helpful to know which way we learn, it's really important to um, take note of this, that it doesn't matter how you were raised, what par- what your background was, you know, whether your parents were um, super cool in terms of they weren't pushy parents or whether your parents were pushy, whatever the case may be, your developmental history is not your destiny. You don't need to carry all of that emotional baggage from your childhood into where you want to go to in life. And whatever the basis may be, whatever the basis may be, the valuable information here is that you know that you're able to deal effectively with your disappointment once you fully understand yourself and where the disappointments are coming from and more importantly, what you can actually control. That will help us become more happy. So now let's talk about the different styles of coping with disappointment. And major disappointments, as I said earlier on, are often defining moments in our lives. And so obviously the loss of my daughter was a major defining moment in my life. But constructively dealing with disappointment can be a self-curing process, you know, that can help contribute to personal growth and make for greater resilience. So how I was able to cope with the loss of my daughter really helped with my personal growth and it allowed me to tap into greater resilience of which I hope you guys will be able to tap into as well. However, far too many people when faced with disappointment tend to attribute negative life events to their personal failings, okay? It's something that I spoke about earlier on about your childhood. They often resort to obsessive self-blaming as they feel, you know, ashamed or humiliated for not measuring up to the image of their ideal self. And so, in other words, when you're faced with disappointment, you start to blame yourself and think that you have fallen short or you feel humiliated by that disappointment and it begins to affect you internally. And what happens is this, they they result to direct anger inwardly towards themselves. And what happens is that they then, what happens is that they then believe that they don't deserve anything. They believe that they're not good enough. And then others, however, others that experience disappointment will turn their anger outwardly and then they will take it out on the people around them. So for example, 
if you've had a really hard day at work, now you've come home and you're having a pop at your missus or the kids or um, your relationships with your girlfriends or whatever, those in your world, your friendship group, you know, you're having a really horrible day and now you're taking it out on everybody else. You're, you're expressing your disappointment out to those closest to you when, when in actual fact they had nothing whatsoever to do or play a part in that disappointment. And then, you know, and unfortunately, both emotional reactions keep the person stuck in a web of disappointment. So when you're not able to fully cope with your disappointment, because those are the two, those are the two styles of coping mechanism, you either internalize it and you start to blame yourself or you express your, you you express your disappointment. (laughs) You express your disappointment outwardly and you take it out on those around you. And in many instances, disappointment can turn into a lingering sadness, a feeling of loss, of being let down, or even of betrayal. In particular, this is the case when disappointment has been inflicted by people with whom they trusted so deeply. And I can think of no better example of when there's been infidelity in a marriage, you know? Or not, it doesn't even have to be in a marriage. You could just be in a committed relationship, do you know what I mean? And then suddenly one of you step out, that breakdown of trust can be deeply, deeply hurtful. So now let's look at ways of overcoming disappointment. And as unpleasant as disappointment may be, we can always learn from them. To constructively deal with disappointment, we need to first understand what happened, right? Some instances of disappointment are predictable and are preventable. Going back to our holiday, it was predictable and it was avoidable. I didn't didn't need to put myself through booking and then counselling three different holidays because of, you know, we're currently going through a global pandemic. So it's there, it was avoidable. It ain't like I didn't know it was going on. But there are others that are unavoidable and beyond our control. So, you know, there are disappointments that we simply can't control, you know, and to manage to manage disappointment, we need to separate the different situations that fall within our control and factors that are beyond it. So what can we control? What can't we control? And being able to recognize the difference will help you deal with your frustrations more appropriately. You may also need to check, you you know, you may also need to check whether your expectations are reasonable Are you having unrealistic high expectations and thus (laughs) aiming too high? Or are you setting your goals way too low? If you belong to that group of people who set their expectations too high, working constructively through disappointment may help you to modify your expectations, right? You may, you may learn to move away from perfectionist standards and you may start to accept that what is good is good. And for those who have set the bar too low, what they should do in that instance is stop doing, is stop doing it as a way of your self-limiting beliefs about your beliefs about life. 
you know, and stop saying things like, there's no hope, I'm not good enough, because it's simply not true. Avoiding disappointment is not possible in life. So we are always going to be faced with disappointment. Trying to do so is not a very constructive way of dealing with life's challenges. And when disappointment occurs regularly, it may be advisable to reevaluate your perceptions and your behavior. So if you're constantly faced with disappointment, it might be a case of you stepping back and reevaluating your perceptions, your behaviors. What are you doing? to um to avoid these disappointments what are what's in your control that you can you know um constructively plan around these disappointments and you can examine whether you're inviting the disappointment so are you actually playing a factor in these reoccurring disappointments if you fall into that category And then you can ask yourself questions. Could you have been clearer in your communications of what you were expecting from others? You know, did you expect too much from someone? Were you clear about what you expected? Do you really know what you expect from yourself? You know, what are you, what are, what are the expectations for yourself going forward? And are we listening to what others are saying to us? Could you have done something different? to arrive at a different outcome? All great questions that I hope you, you know, take forward in being able to overcome your disappointments. And then finally, as I close, given what we know about ourselves, how can you adjust your expectations to be more effective next time? And what support and resources do you have at your disposal to help you move through your feelings of disappointment successfully? Because listen, only by working through painful associations, we will be free from them. In spite of whatever disappointing experiences come your way, your challenge will be not to let bitterness take root going on from last week, roots, weeds, and what you do well, and what you would do well is to keep in mind that although disappointment is inevitable, can't get avoided, it's not avoidable, being discouraged is always a choice. So being discouraged by your disappointment is always a choice. So that's what I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode encouraging. Please like and share it with someone in your world that needs a little bit of encouragement. And I look forward to sharing another episode with you next week. Remember, be great because you are.